Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all of your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. (coughs) Amen. Please be seated. Throughout salvation history, God has sent his anointed ones into the world to call the world to repentance. He raised up prophets who were not to foretell the future, but to call people to return to their God. The church continues this to this day. We set aside a season where we, the anointed ones of God, cry out to the world and to one another, repent, turn unto the Lord. Earlier today, a few of us went out, literally, into the world. We went into McDonald's, which... I have to admit, was a little difficult having been fasting. We went into the recovery center in Marlboro. We went into the smock house. We went into a bar. We went on to the streets. And in every place at the recovery center where people were turning from alcohol and in the bar where people were there to partake of alcohol, and on the streets outside and in homes inside, people received ashes. It was our way of saying, return to the Lord with all your heart, for God awaits you. But The last place that we went to was to the bedside of a man who has only a few hours to live in this world. To give him ashes and to give ashes to his wife as she keeps watch with him until the Lord calls him home. And I thought about how striking it was to put the ashes on his forehead and to say, remember that thou art dust, and to dust thou shalt return. Knowing that his time was near. And yet, this is really what Ash Wednesday is about. It's a reminder to all of us that we are going to die. We are mortal, formed of the dusts, and to the dust we shall return. We do not know when. We like to think that it will be after a long life, 
but it could be tonight. And what Ash Wednesday is really about is examining our death and our mortality and asking ourselves, how is it that we want to die? Do we want to die with death being the final word over us? Or do we want to die with the promise of eternal life in Jesus Christ? But we must choose. As the Scriptures tell us today, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. As you've heard me say many times, you cannot be of the world and of the Word. You must choose. And so we must choose. You are going to die. Today, when I prayed for that man, I prayed, O Lord, grant him a peaceful and faith-filled death and a quiet end. But really, that's the question that we're all being asked today. How is it that we want to die? Do we want to die with death being the final word, or do we want to die trusting in Jesus Christ? Joel chapter 2, beginning at verse 12, Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Return, that is repent, turn around and return to me with all your heart. This isn't the kind of thing that you can wade into with a buddy. God isn't saying, come to me, give me a little bit. He's saying, no, return to me with all your heart. And whatever it is that keeps you from coming to me, it must die in order for you to live. Whatever it is, what is it that keeps us from fully giving our lives to Christ? Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, that is denying the flesh. That is not easy. To deny the passions of the flesh that rebel against God. And with weeping and with mourning to return to the Lord. That is truly understanding His holiness. This morning, as we did Mass for Ash Wednesday at the chapel, as we prayed the litany of penitence, which we will do soon, as we went through it, I felt like I was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. As I realized my own sinfulness and unworthiness before the Lord God, and as I realized His holiness, and I asked myself, what is it, Michael, that keeps you from returning to the Lord with all your heart? The answer is pride. Joel chapter 2 goes on to say that God desires that we rend our hearts, not our garments. In the ancient world, you would rend your garments 
as a sign of repentance. And God is saying, I don't want open shirts. I want open hearts. Rend your hearts, for your hearts have been hardened against me in my word. Psalm 51, verse 17, it tells us the kind of sacrifice that God desires. What is the sacrifice that God desires? The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Isaiah 57, verse 15, For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy places, and also with him who is of a contrite and humble spirit. He is the God who is high and lofty, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, who dwells on high. And yet, this same God, our God, is the one that makes his home in our hearts when our hearts are contrite and humble before him. Isaiah 66, thus, uh, verse 2, Thus says the Lord, This is the man to whom I will look, he that is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Thus says the Lord, this is the man to whom I will look. To this man I will look upon with mercy and love. He that is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. That's what I was feeling this morning when we were doing the litany of penitence. I felt a trembling at God's word. As my heart was convicted and pierced by the power of the living God who seeks not my death but rather that I turn and live says the word of God. James 4, 6b, we heard this today. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud. You ever feel like God's not on your side? I have felt that. Do you know why? He always loves us, but he's not always on our side. He opposes us sometimes. He opposes us when we are prideful. So important is this particular verse that Peter also quotes it in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Clothe yourselves, all of you. Not just the person that drives you nuts. 
Not just that person on the parish council. Not just that clergy person or that clergy person. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5 Understand this, that in the last days there will come times of stress. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents. (laughs) I'm sorry, that, that was a little proud, wasn't it? Sorry. Ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, slanderers, fierce, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding the form of religion but denying the power of it. Holding the form of religion. Those whom Timothy, or Paul rather, is speaking in his second letter to Timothy aren't just those who are in the world, but those who are in the church. These are the ones who will be men who are lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, slanderers, fierce, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They will hold the form of religion, that is, they will do what is right, but will deny its power. How will they deny its power? By not allowing their hearts to be pierced by the grace of God, by standing proud before him. What does it matter if we have the form of religion if our hearts are not changed? What does it matter if we at Holy Trinity have all the right vestments and have a beautiful cross and candles and tabernacle? What does it matter if we have all things but we have not humility before God? What does it matter if we look upon the crucified Lord and yet remain proud before him? No, we are beginning the season of Lent, a time when we are called to return to the Lord with all our hearts, to fast, to realize our smallness before the greatness of God's mercy. To come before a God who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Do you wish to give a sacrifice to God? Offer your hearts to Him. For this is what the Lord seeks. The Lord desires one thing from you, your heart. Let us give 
him our hearts. That people may see in us a people whose hearts are not their own, but hearts that belong to the living God. You are going to die. How do you wish to leave this world? With death as the final word over you? Or life in Jesus Christ? Jesus.